See, the problem is people are lonely right now. We're separated, we're, we're disjointed, we're kind of siloed in our own little tribal beliefs and, and thinking, and we, we don't really uh, interact and, and aren't unified with each other. And so the, the sad and, and frustrating thing is that this is not what Jesus intended. See, the Jesus way is not about what we should or shouldn't do. It's about who you can be, what you can do because of Jesus. And Jesus made a way for us to authentically connect with others while being our authentic selves. Hello and welcome to another episode of Together. Wow. Yeah. Quickness. Quick fast. Speed. Agility. Strength. Fortitude. Whoa. If you are new, we do have a welcome card you can fill out and you get free stuff oh. for filling it out. So please do that. Is it a card or a form? It's actually a form because it's online. Right. But if you're in person, could be a card. Site, it's it's a, card. a virtual card. This one's a virtual one. Virtual, yeah. Even for people who are listening. Right. Hey, podcasters. Hey, what's sup there you go yeah that's more like it so our friend john's going to talk to us more about authentic connecting yeah yeah this week it's part three of our new series enjoy it's gonna be good we'll see you on the other side So the religion of Christianity is often presented as either what we should or shouldn't do, right? And you kind of know what I'm talking about. Like we should, if you're a good Christian, you should go to church. You should read your Bible and, and pray more and you should vote a certain way, right? And of course you shouldn't drink and, and smoke and you shouldn't dress provocatively and that type of thing. And we measure our success by what rules we follow or, or break. And then we compare our score with others to, to see if we're better than them or not. Like, oh, well, they broke that rule, but I only break this little rule over here. Religion often values the right beliefs over valuing the people right in front of us. And it forces us to focus all of our efforts, all of our thoughts, even all, all, all of our prayers on ourselves. And so it creates either self-righteous, judgmental, religious rule followers who, you know, nobody actually admits that that's who they are, right? Or exhausted, guilt-ridden religious victims. And the result of both of these is hypocrisy. We start pretending to be something we're not in order to fit into our religious community. And so we don't show the real us for fear that people will see our flaws and, and not accept us. In fact, we don't even let ourselves see our real selves for fear that we will just feel more guilty because we don't measure up to our standards or even the someone else's standards that are put on us. Religion forces us to hide our true selves in order to find acceptance. Now, if you grew up in this type of religious culture, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? That might be why you left Christianity in the first place. That's why you feel that if there even is a God, if there is a God, he's probably not too cool with you. 
And in fact, you might have seen others have to deal with this, seen others kind of self-destruct under religious pressure, or, or seen religious people act one way on a certain day and, and with certain people and then completely differently the rest of the week. And instead of being an answer to, to the pain and the hopelessness around us, this type of Christianity actually multiplies a huge problem we are seeing in our world, in our society, in our families, and even in ourselves. See, the problem is people are lonely right now. We're separated. We're, we're disjointed. We're kind of siloed in our own little tribal beliefs and, and thinking, and we, we don't really uh, interact and, and aren't unified with each other. And so the, the sad and, and frustrating thing is that this is not what Jesus intended. See, the Jesus way is not about what we should or shouldn't do. It's about who you can be, what you can do because of Jesus. And Jesus made a way for us to authentically connect with others while being our authentic selves. And if anybody understood this best, it's probably the Apostle John. He was Jesus' best friend for at least three years. And he wrote about his experience of being fully loved, fully known, fully accepted by God in a human body, Jesus. And he recorded for us, the passage we're going to look at today, he recorded for us like the last night all 12 of the disciples and Jesus were together before Jesus was arrested and killed. This is like Jesus' last teaching before everything changed for everyone. In fact, before everything changed for the entire world. Dear children, Jesus says, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. And so think about it. If you knew, if you're Jesus and you knew what was about to happen, right? You're about to be arrested. You're about to be crucified. You're not really going to hang with these guys this way again. You would want to make sure that they got the most important thing, the thing that you were trying to get across to them this entire time. So what is it? What is Jesus wanting to get across? Here it is. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And if you're used to this Bible stuff, you kind of reread that and like, yeah, of course, we love each other, right? But don't rush through this. He says, I am giving you a new command, meaning he is replacing the old commands. See, what Jesus was doing right here, he wasn't adding to the Old Testament, Old Covenant law that we've talked about before. He wasn't saying, hey, you know those 613 rules that kind of Moses gave you? Well, here's number 614. No, he replaced the 613 rules of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, with one overarching command. And he says, hey guys, before I go, I want you to understand this. My way will not be about measuring up to a list of do's and don'ts. Your spiritual success will not be measured by how well you follow the rules. Instead, your commitment to me will be measured by how well you love others. See, following Jesus requires following one command, love. But, and you might be asking this, and I think it's a fair question, what does love really mean? Like, love each other. That's pretty vague, right? Like, do we get all ooey-gooey and warm and stuff? Well, see, here's why people like me and, and maybe you, if you kind of think this way too, get blamed for trying to water down the message 
or you know just you're just trying to make people feel good or you're not doing church the right way <laughs> that's understandable because love the word love can mean so many different things to so many different people but the truth is jesus didn't leave room for us to make up our own definition of love see love in jesus's term is not a feeling it's action so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. How did Jesus love them? So love each other, not just love each other, but love each other the way I've loved you. How did Jesus love them? Well, he didn't love them by following a list of rules, did he? Right? He didn't say, hey guys, you know how to love because you saw me. I loved you by keeping the Ten Commandments. Hey, Nathaniel, I didn't murder you when you made fun of my hometown, Nazareth, when we first met. Right? I loved you because I didn't murder you. Peter, I didn't, I didn't sleep with your wife. See, I loved you. Judas, I didn't lie about you. And, and Matthew, you know, you were rich and I, I didn't steal your stuff. In fact, I didn't even jealously want your stuff. Where we'd be like, wow, Jesus, that's like really inspiring stuff. Thanks for loving us by following the rules. Thanks for that sacrificial love. See, that's not what he was talking about. Jesus loved others by submitting his life for the good of others. Listen, Jesus loved by giving up his preferences, his rights, his privileges, his comfort, and his time for those around him. He chose to accept and love those 12 guys before they did anything to earn it. See, when he met Matthew, Matthew was this hated, rejected tax collector who was a traitor to his people. And Jesus chose to accept him. And he invited him. And he's looking at Matthew and says, Matthew, remember that? Remember who you were and how you were treated? And then remember how I accepted you and invited you? Now you do the same for others. Peter, you were impatient. You're, you were slow to understand. In fact, you've made a lot of mistakes and you're about to make some really big ones by denying me. But I was patient with you. I'm, I'm, forgiving, with, I'm forgiving you. Remember that, Peter. And then do the same for others. And Nathaniel, when we first met, like you made fun of my hometown. You made fun of my family. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Ha, ha, ha but I still accepted you. I still invited you. I didn't choose to be offended by your little joke. So Nathaniel, from now on, choose love over offense. Do the same for others. And Jesus could have gone down the list of all 12 of those guys explaining how he actually loved them and how they would actually how they actually saw and experienced that love. He could have said, Judas, you know how you're about to completely betray me to a horrible, torturous death? Now, just remember, I just washed your feet, and I included you in the very first communion. I just want you to do the same for others. And then, in a few hours, Jesus would show the ultimate example of love, while these guys either ran away and hid or looked on in horror. Jesus proved that true love is a commitment to and a sacrifice for the other person. See, Jesus showed us that we, we don't love others by following a list of do's and don'ts. We don't love others by following a ritual or singing some songs or, or saying certain prayers. We love others by using our life to make the lives of others better. 
And for a Jesus follower, this isn't some idealistic goal that, you know, maybe someday we'll reach. It's not the, the mark of those who are the religious elite or the, the professional Christians. And it's not just an add-on or just a, a good idea of following Jesus. It's not just something we get to define for ourselves and what it means to love others. See, this love, this is the main thing about following Jesus. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Loving like Jesus is both the point and the proof of following Jesus. This love has no pretenses. It isn't trying to prove anything. It is choosing to use your life for what is best for others. Now, yes, I know what you're thinking. This type of love makes you vulnerable. This type of love makes you more likely to be hurt, more likely to be taken advantage of, more likely, more likely to be walked on. And so that's why Jesus based all of it on himself, not on a list of rules or rituals. See, when we are confidently trusting Jesus, when we trust him not only for our eternal future, we trust him also for our daily minute-to-minute -minute lives now. So we don't have to worry about being taken advantage of we can be free to give without worrying about getting anything in return because the king of the universe is watching out for us. We don't have to worry about being vulnerable. We can be free to be our true, authentic self because the God who died for us, knows, who knows everything about us, still chooses and accepts us. See, this is where the, the last episode and this one intersect See, remember, in the last episode, we talked about tr how trusting God frees us from fear and worry and, and trying to control the stuff that we can't control. Well, confidently trusting Jesus frees us to authentically connect with others. Because we're trusting Him, we don't have to worry about ourselves, we can now authentically connect with others. So the question I have for you, yes, you watching, you listening, do you trust that Jesus loves you because the truth is he loved you he chose you he accepted you by dying for you before you were even born he knew who you would be he knew what you would do and he died for you he invited you he loved you already knowing everything about you and you just have to choose to accept that invitation and choose to trust him. That is something you can tell him right now. I choose to accept that invitation and I choose to trust you with my life now and forever. And so first, we trust Jesus. And then because of that trust, we can love like Jesus loved us. That's why Paul said, what is important is faith, faith in Jesus, expressing itself in love. See, remember, Confidently trusting Jesus frees us to authentically connect with others. You are free to be your authentic self and invite others into being their authentic selves as we trust Jesus, that he loves our authentic selves. You can become the cure to break the cycle that is creating an epidemic of loneliness. When we love like Jesus, we prove the truth of Jesus' love. See, the thing is, the motivation behind a Jesus follower's life is the love of Jesus. Check it out.
See, Paul wrote, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Why? Because it's the right thing to do? No. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. See, the motivation behind a Jesus follower's life isn't to follow the rules. It is to emulate, to model the love of Jesus. And so how do we, how do we grow in this? What are some steps to, to grow in this? So a little opportunity for you. First, this week, I recommend maybe once a day, maybe just three times, you know, raise the bar a little bit. Read John 13, 12 through 17. I'll read you just, just a part of it. After washing their feet, he put on his robe and again sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done for you. We read that this week. We can see that following Jesus is loving like Jesus. And then, throughout our days, we ask the question that a Jesus follower asks in every situation. What does love look like? So read that and then ask, what does love look like? Meaning, if Jesus were me, if he, was, if he was the one in front of this person right now, what would love, what would submitting his life look like right now? Or what does using my life to make their life better look like in this situation? And then maybe pick, see, it's, it's hard to like say, I want to do this for everyone in my life. We do, but that's a huge thing. Maybe let's take some baby steps. Pick one relationship to focus on this week. Maybe just one relationship this month. And then focus on that relationship, submitting your life for that person. And it will spill into other relationships. See, when I learn to love my wife better, I actually end up loving my coworkers better, loving my neighbors better, because I'm learning to love better. So read that passage in John. Ask the question, and then evaluate yourself. On a scale of 0 to 10, 0 being like, not at all, and 10 being like, I'm almost Jesus. Ask this, do I prioritize loving others just as Jesus loves me? We have this on our website at yourcrosscreek.com slash alliances. Different measures for different aspects of following Jesus. And on that page, we have resources. Resources to help you authentically connect for different types of relationships. And so evaluate yourself and then actually connect because it's difficult to authentically connect with one another if we don't know one another. And so maybe form an alliance with somebody. Go to somebody that you know and say, look, I want to grow in this area. I want to grow in authentically connecting in my marriage or in my parenting. Do you want to join me and, and go through this resource? Again, we have a list of resources at that website. And maybe join a connect group. A group that helps us live out our love in a community that is practicing doing the exact same thing. See, we have been entrusted to play a leading role in building the kingdom of God here and now. And its foundation is the radical but simple command of Jesus. Love each other as I have loved you we can provide the authentic connection everyone is desperately craving, that everyone is starving for. And it starts with knowing who you are and what you can be with Jesus. 
You are loved. You are accepted. You are chosen. You don't have to hide who you are. You don't have to pretend to be somebody else because Jesus loves you. You can love others. You can be part of the solution. You can authentically connect. Because we are accepted and loved by Jesus, we can accept and love others. good four things to do. Yep. Reading John and asking ourselves the question, what does love look like? That can be used, like John said, in every situation. I loved how he dialed it in to one situation and then letting that flow to all the other relationships. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And situations. And also those. Yeah. Yeah. The connect piece, he talked about alliances and connect groups, mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, there's a URL a website in the description or show notes and also on the screen if you want to, or you're interested in finding out more or joining one. Uh, but maybe an easy first step for you before you just jump into a group would be to come meet us at an on-site gathering. So those are October 10th and 4th, 24th, this month in October, mm -hmm. over at Gateway Foursquare on Idlewood in South Salem. Mm -hmm. Feel free to come, eat the potluck food. You don't even need to bring anything. Nope. If you're a new person and you're just checking things out, show just up. show up. Check it out. Music, communion, potluck, mm -hmm. it'll be great. So that's another way to connect. Mm -hmm. And it can be authentic. And it can also lead, if it's just an intro, it leads authentic. That's right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cookies. Yeah. Oh, because it's October. It is, it's October. And it's what is our for Salem? Boo your neighbor. Opportunity. Boo your neighbor. Okay. So boo your neighbor is, you surprise your neighbor. Boo! No, not that kind of boo. Boo! boo. Sorry. It's the boo, like a sweet hello surprise boo. Not boo? a scary ghost boo. Okay. You bring your neighbor treats. Yes. And if you come to the October 10th gathering, mm -hmm. we'll be handing out free boo Oreos that you can give to your neighbor. Or you can just go buy your own. Those or... are not for you to eat on your own, kids. <laughs> or you can make your own. But boo your neighbor is a fun game that you can play with your neighbors to be kind and surprise them. And then they can pass it along to other neighbors. That's right. And put some treats on their door. And it's mm -hmm. supposed to be like kind of a mystery or kind of fun. So Excellent. you can really do it however you want. Yeah. But it's just a fun way to engage your neighbors. That's a pro tip. What? That, oh, the neighbor thing with the cookies. Oh yeah, it's yeah. a pro, yeah, sure. Because you can do other stuff. It's also a life right. hack. It's also October's for Salem opportunity. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. all the things. <laughs> it's all the things in one. Combined into it's one It's very, very wonderful. Yeah. So last month we were able to give uh, items to Samaka Place. Yes. Which is um, a house or a place through Union Gospel Mission. And they house women and families who are fleeing or escaping from domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So we were able to give them flip-flops, copy paper, roasts, and what am I missing? Flip-flops. Not soap. Yeah, laundry detergent. Laundry detergent, yeah. Yeah. No, I was like bar soap. So somebody actually asked, asked us at the on-site gathering, like, why are those four random things to, or five random things to uh, Samanka? Because we called them and asked them what they needed. And they were like, these are the five needs we have. So every month, Samanka Place needs different things. This yeah. month, it was those random things. Um, but that was a really great way to be mm -hmm. for our neighbor, to help out someone. So a lot of times, it just means asking them what they need. Yeah. And if their answer is, Launch a detergent, you do and it. And a pork roast. And pork roast, yeah. yeah. So we hope that was helpful. We hope that was helpful for you. Yes. To find out more about a local 
uh, nonprofit in town that helps people. There are plenty, and we'll be highlighting more of those as the year goes on. Mm -hmm. um, that's just one of them. Thank you for supporting them yes. as well, those of you who did out there. It's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You can also donate to Cross Creek online. Yep. Check out the online giving portal. It's super easy. You can set up your recurring gift or just do a one-time gift. Mm -hmm. But the money that you give to Cross Creek helps pay our staff, mm -hmm. helps uh, rent the facilities that we use. It helps yep. with our giveaways. It helps with all kinds of things. So thank you to those of you who are uh, currently giving, those of you who are praying about it. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And go ahead and do it. It's pretty easy. That's it. Yeah. That is all the things. It is. Good job, babe. We did it. Nice. You probably have one more thing you want to say. Oh, these questions. <laughs> I love the color and the black background because it looks exactly like the beginning of Clone Wars. Oh, it really does. Even that font. Right? It was throwing me for a second. <laughs> is a movie starting? <laughs> have this metric you can use to to measure where you're at on our website if you're listening it's yourcrosscreek.com slash alliances yes we have this on our website at yourcrosscreek.com slash resources alliances we have this on our website <laughs> i want them to know it's a thing you can do it <clears throat> you can do it is it still filming <laughs>